Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Constitutionalist. I'm Jeff Tokar, your host. Cliff DeCamp is off tonight and will be back with us on the next podcast. The American Constitutionalist's main purpose is to defend and champion a return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. In addition, we at the American Constitutionalists are not afraid to mix politics and religion because we believe in America they're inseparable. America was built as a Judeo-Christian nation, and history proves it. Yet even though we were built on the Christian principles of the Bible as a Judeo-Christian nation, our founding fathers and framers of our Constitution still left you with the freedom of choice in religion. Over the last few podcasts, I've been addressing some questions that Christians have regarding the last days, end times, or a common phrase many of you may have heard, the apocalypse. I know some of you who listen in and join us for each podcast may not be believers, but I hope you will at least listen so that you can have an educated understanding of what those terms mean when you hear them. As I said on a previous podcast, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19 of the Bible, Satan has a great influence on this world. Human society is under the power of evil, is at war with God, and those who believe in God specifically Jesus Christ. Satan is the prince of power in this present world, and he wants to take creation down with him. These progressives in the world and in America today are following his plan for destruction, and they don't even know that he is leading them like the Pied Piper down a path of destruction. Satan is cursed, his days are numbered, and so he wants scorch earth, land, people, and Israel who represent God's people. He wants to destroy as much of God's creation as he can and take as many people down with him. Over the last few podcasts, I addressed that question that many Christians have regarding the last days or end times. And I also informed you of who the evil culprit in this world is, and that culprit being Satan himself. On this podcast, I will elaborate on what the real end days look like. I want to remind you that Israel is the final target, and Russia, China, and Iran are part of it too. I wish I had time to go into detail, but that would take many podcasts, so I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version of the end times, so please hang with me. First, you must know what a Christian is. A Christian believes that Jesus Christ walked this earth, was crucified, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and promises to come again one day. Christians follow Jesus Christ, his word, the Bible, believed he is the promised Messiah, believe he is coming again, and try to emulate him in their life journey. Christians believe there's a future event called the rapture, where the believers in Jesus Christ will be removed from the world before a seven-year tribulation period, as proclaimed in the Bible. The tribulation is ushered in by an antichrist that sets up world peace, This includes peace for Israel. Remember, in all this, Israel is the real target of Satan. Keep this world peace in mind. The peace lasts for three and a half years before this Antichrist goes into the temple in Jerusalem and declares himself God. Then all hell breaks out for the last three and a half years of the tribulation. We'll talk more on the next podcast of what happens in those three and a half years, including definite signs as given by the Bible that will absolutely let you know you are in the tribulation if you're not a believer. 
A form of the economic reset is during this three and a half years and can be found in the Bible. We'll discuss that on the next podcast. According to the Bible, there are two great wars or battles yet to come. The Battle of Gog, Magog, Meshach, and Tubal, which is the Battle of Armageddon, and then after another thousand years, culminating with the final millennial battle of Gog and Magog and all the nations of the earth. The battle at the end of the millennium is what I call that. At the end of the seven-year tribulation is the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon can be found in the biblical book of Revelation, chapter 16, verse 16, and chapter 19. The Battle of Armageddon is also considered to be described in the Old Testament prophetic book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, there's a time of peace for Israel where Ezekiel describes the land of unwalled villages in Ezekiel 38:11, and when Israel dwells safely in verse 14. Remember, the tribulation ushers in world peace, even in Israel. Today, Israel is a land of many walls and gates for its protection. The battle in Ezekiel is when the literal armies of Gog, the land of Magog, and the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal march on Israel. This is a world enemy of God and Israel. Russia and its political leaders are considered to be Gog and Magog in Revelation. Meshech is the original name for Moscow. In Ezekiel 38.3, there is a correlation between the word chief and Rosh in Hebrew. Rosh was the ancient tribal name for those who dwelled in Volga, which is the word Russia in many languages. The name Russia comes from Rosh. Russia plays an important part of end-time prophecy. Therefore, the armies found to march on Israel in Ezekiel 38 and 39 are Russia, Iraq, Iran, which is Persia, Gomer, which is eastern Germany and Slovakia, Tagarma, which is Turkey, and according to the prophet Daniel in chapter 11, verses 40 through 44, potentially Egypt. This battle will be a big cluster, and they will be repulsed, driven back to the northern parts, possibly Siberia, with only a sixth of their forces left to survive. It will take seven months to bury the dead from this battle. At the end of this battle, found in Revelation 19, is when Jesus Christ literally sets foot back on earth. He is the one who is the victor in this battle. The world and Israel will know it. Also, at the end of this battle, two main characters of the tribulation, the Antichrist and a false prophet, are cast into the lake of fire. At the same time, Satan is bound in chains and thrown into the bottomless pit. That will be the beginning of Christ's 1,000-year earthly millennial reign. We don't know exactly when it will occur, but we do know it will occur. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Russia or theological speculation, but I want you to be aware if you see escalation against Israel, where Russia, Iran, and some of the other countries I mentioned is involved, then as Jeff Foxworthy would say, you just might be in the tribulation. In fact, Russia and China are believed to be major players in the end times. And what nations are getting a lot of press these days? Russia and China. As it is prophetically believed, 
The famous battle of Armageddon found in Revelation 16:16 16, 16 and chapter 19:2 is most likely right before Christ's physical second coming to the earth. This is at the end of the tribulation, including three and a half years of Satan's merciless rule on earth. Armageddon is an actual place in Israel called Megiddo, where many ancient battles have occurred. It is a final battle between God and his judgment on humanity in opposition to him, and will be one of the bloodiest battles the world has ever seen. And as I said, it will take seven months just to bury the dead. As recorded in Revelation 9, verses 13 through 18, and Revelation 16 and 12, the Euphrates River is dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east to come. What is east of Israel? China. Then at some point, the Bible tells us, an army of 200 million troops appear in the Middle East from the Orient and are led under the influential leadership of Satan to march on God and Israel. The battle will be in the same location as other great historical battles, the Valley of Armageddon or the Mount of Megiddo. This will be the final battle of judgment where God destroys this army. Christ returns to the earth to set up his kingdom. The beast and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire for eternity, and Satan is bound in the bottomless pit for 1,000 years. In Revelation 20, after being bound for the 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ, Satan is permitted to be loosed once again to gather a world army to come against Christ in the final battle before eternity. Revelation 20, verses 7 and 9. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. This reference to Gog and Magog, which at this point refers to the nations in rebellion with God as a whole, instead of particular nations that were with Gog and Magog in the battle of Armageddon coming to destroy Israel. There's no real battle as God just wipes them out and Satan is cast into the lake of fire with the beast and the false prophet. Now, including these two epic battles, the Battle of Armageddon and the battle I call the Battle of the Millennium, I believe there may be three to four major battles before we enter eternity after Christ's millennial reign. I can see a pre-tribulational battle where there's world chaos that leads to the one who brings a false peace. A pre-tribulational battle which is a major catastrophic world conflict involving Israel and the Middle East and maybe other nations. I can see another potential mid-tribulational battle. There may be another battle at the three-and-a-half-year point of the tribulation as the Antichrist world leader begins his final three-and-a-half years of destruction on Israel and Christians. So with the Battle of Armageddon and the Millennial Battle, I can see a pre-trib and mid-trib battle. 
And I just state that, in my opinion, based on what I study in the book of Revelation and what is going on in the world, it would just seem natural that these battles would occur that would domino the other things that we read in Revelation. There are two concepts of last days and end times. One is before the tribulation, and one takes into account to include the seven-year tribulation. We have been in the last days since Christ's crucifixion. The real question is, are we about to head into the end times, the tribulation itself? We know that Russia will still exist at the end because they will be in this battle against Israel, but that is at the end of a seven-year tribulation period. So when will the seven years start? Those are the years I call the end times. Well, the answer is simply, no one knows for sure. Let's take a look at world events. What could happen before this actually takes place? What if Iran gets a nuke? Then I think Israel would strike Iran first. They would be proactive instead of reactive like we have been with Ukraine. If it's predictable, it's preventable, and Israel will prevent anything that may potentially be a danger to them. And Russia is a major ally of Iran. So through the Iran-Israel conflict, they may attack Israel. They're going to attack Israel at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. But can there also be another attack leading into the tribulation? I don't know, and it's not stated in the Bible. I'm just giving you what-if scenarios. Remember, I've spent a life as a professional emergency responder, and we always played what if, and we planned accordingly. We were proactive instead of reactive. Regardless to me, before the seven-year tribulation period will start, the world will be in some kind of chaos. That's why I suggest there may be a pre-tribulational battle or war, but that will not be the Battle of Armageddon. Again, the Battle of Armageddon is at the end of what we call the tribulation, that seven-year period where the first three and a half years there's peace, and then the three and a half years is where Satan literally steps up through the Antichrist and all hell breaks out on earth. The person who leads that peace at the beginning of the tribulation is a man who steps up with a solution for world peace and everyone buys it. That man will be the Antichrist. That is just one what-if scenario. There are many that I can think of that will lead us into the tribulation, and many I may not be able to think of because it's God's plan and not my plan, and he will implement it on his time in his way and not mine. We could be at the door of the tribulation and maybe not. We just do not know. But just as scripture in the Bible tells us, it will be likened unto a pregnant woman. The signs of delivery seem close, but are we just having Braxton Hicks contractions? We just don't know. Christians, those who believe in Christ, follow him, hold his word, the Bible, to be his message to mankind, and try to emulate him in their life and believe that Jesus will come and rapture his believers out of the world prior to that seven-year tribulation 
where thereafter a false world leader arises bringing peace to the world. I want to take a moment to read some of the scriptures out of the Bible where Christians find this base in the last days and the tribulation. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17 For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is where Christians get their belief in a pre-tribulational rapture. Now let's look at what exactly will precipitate the tribulation. I'm reading from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Remember I told you the last days are before the tribulation, and the tribulation to me are the end times. Verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those who are good, traitors, petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Matthew 24, verses 6 through 8. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See it that ye not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginnings of sorrow. Now let's take a look in the book of Mark, chapter 13, verses 6 through 8. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive you. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled. For such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows." Now let's go to Matthew and look at chapter 25 and verse number 13. Jesus tells us here, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We don't know when the birth of the tribulation will come, but the labor pains seem to say soon. Jesus said himself, No one knows that day or the hour, only the Father knows. Many have taken world circumstances and applied them incorrectly to God's word, creating radical hysteria. Remember the invasion and destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans in 70 AD? They thought that was it. This is the time that Christ is coming back. Israel's been attacked. Jerusalem's been leveled. Remember in history the world chaos and destruction of World War I and World War II? How about the Holocaust, the persecution of the Jews? I can go on and on in giving you examples of last days when people thought the end times were imminent. But folks, I'm here to tell you we don't know. 
If you are confident in your belief in Christ and His Word, then don't worry or fear. We have faith and trust in His plan, a plan we can't change but we can be a part of. So don't get weighed down in fear of world events. Serve God. But I tell you, as the Bible said, watch and wait. And as Matthew told us, do not fear him who can kill the body. Fear him who can kill the soul and body in hell. Whether through chaos, a world reset, or whatever, when you see a predominant world leader step up and deliver world peace, you better be right with God. The tribulation will be at hand. I know to a lot of you this might be new information. Some of you may be familiar with it, and a lot of you may not even believe it. But that's okay. You may say this is all a crock and Christians are crazy. But I pose another question. Have you ever really looked at what other religions believe, follow, and anticipate in the future? Most all have a belief in a life after this life, and some are looking for a return of a world or an eternal leader or a savior. Islam is looking for the Mahdi to come to bring them into world power. Jews are looking for the Messiah to come to elevate their nation. Christians, as I said, believe that Jesus was the Messiah, and he has come and is coming again one day to set up his eternal kingdom here on earth. You can believe it or not. It's your choice. It's your accountability. It's your responsibility. And in America, it's your religious of freedom and choice. God allows you that freedom of choice too. Do you choose him? It's your decision to make. Scripture doesn't mention the United States in all this. Where will she be? Anything's possible. With this administration, we could just be sitting on the sideline watching if chaotic things happen that lead us into the tribulation. We could be taken out. We could be bankrupt with civil unrest, civil war. Who knows? I do think America will be lost and for whatever reason, not a force to be reckoned with, especially at the middle and end of the tribulation. Because with or without America, God is the only one who could protect and preserve Israel. We cannot change God's plan, but we can be a part of it and invite others to join in on that plan. But for now in America, we need leaders of truth, character, and integrity to stand up for we the people. Exodus 18.21, I've quoted it before. Select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. We cannot live and survive in a governmental system that is filled with fraud and corruption. We can only survive in a system of justice that is incorrupt. That is why we must go back to being a Judeo-Christian nation we were born to be. Honesty and truth should permeate our private lives, whereby they are manifested in truth in our public statements and the example we set. There is hope for our nation if we put our faith and trust in God and return to being a Judeo-Christian nation built on the honesty, integrity, justice, and truth found in His Word, the values, morality, and foundational principles this great nation was built upon. We have faith and trust in God's plan for mankind plan we cannot change, but we can be a part of. So don't get weighed down in fear or world events. Serve God. We need to pray for God's divine intervention in Russia and Ukraine and in America. Pray that God will rise up leaders in our nation to return us to the Judeo-Christian nation we were born to be. 
Pray for our president and governmental leaders that God will convict them to common sense and truth. Get on your knees and pray to God. Pray for his will on earth as it is in heaven. I've quoted this verse many times too, and it was pertaining to Israel and seeking God, but it's relevant today to Christians and those who believe in God in America. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. We need to pray. Think of this, even Jesus, God, prayed daily when he was here on this earth. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Please share this podcast with as many Americans as you can. We need to pray, America. Secular humanism and existentialism and the quest for money, power, and control are claiming the very soul of America. Fraud and corruption reigns and is stealing our freedom. We need you to stand with us at the American Constitutionalist, spreading the word of truth as we strive to continue to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty, justice, and freedom for all. For Cliff DeCamp, this is Jeff Tokar, reminding you that we at the American Constitutionalist still support and believe in God, America, and freedom.